Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix versus Cinema. My name is Tosin and I am the host. I am based up in a place called Bromsgrove in the middle of the UK near Birmingham. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolland. Hello. Sean Harris. Hi, yeah. And from London, our London correspondent who is so, so close to enjoying that first class life. It's Holly Nestling. Hi. <laughs> right. Um, so how are you guys doing? What's, what's going on? How's our film watching been this week? Yeah, it's been interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Go, okay. Yeah, great great question. Experience this week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, oh! I'm looking forward to hearing about this. But so, what we do at this show is that we tend, we go to the cinema, we see a couple of things in the cinema, we stay at home, we watch a couple of things, we rate them out of five, and then we figure out where our money has been better spent. Was it on cinema or was it with Netflix and friends? Are they going to make sure that we are all part of seeing cinema die after so many years? <laughs> are we the ones who are going to kill cinema? Anyway, we're going to kick off this week in cinema as we usually do. And sure, no, actually, this is a film that three of us have seen, The Fablemans. I've seen The Fablemans. I'm not sure about Sharon. I no, I didn't get to see it. Okay, yeah, I've seen The Fablemans. I've seen The Fablemans. Okay, so two of us have seen The Fablemans. And we're going to kick off with this. And this is a film that um, obviously we are... If you know anything about films, we are in the January-February period where all of a sudden all these films come out made by worthy people with worthy themes because everybody immediately expects them to go win Oscars. This is directed by Steven Spielberg, and so obviously people are going to be talking about him in Oscars because, yeah, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, blah, 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 blah. And um, The Fablemans is pretty much Steven Spielberg's life story. <laughs> It is Steven Spielberg putting his, uh, he, I mean, Sean, I'm not sure this happened at the viewing that you went to, but the viewing I went to, Steven Spielberg actually showed up at the beginning. Like there was a at the short... beginning said, thank you. Yeah, says thank yeah. you for turning yeah. out. Yes. Yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg shows up and he says, thank you so much for coming out of your house to come to the cinema to watch this. This is the most personal film I've ever made and all that. And I think that it's it's it becomes clear that it's the most personal film that he's ever made because it's pretty much his life story. Like the mm. film kicks off with a scene that I'm not sure about you, Sean, but I actually I saw this I saw this and I thought straight up I I saw it and I immediately thought oh my god they're gonna kill Batman's parents again. Because, oh right yeah 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 I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, the, the scene at the beginning of the film it looked so much like it was like oh my god they're gonna kill Batman's parents again oh no wait no no what am I watching? And it, it starts off with like you know people in the fifties queuing up outside a cinema to go see a film, and there's this kid saying, "Oh, is it going to be dark in there? I don't really want to go in there. I'm gonna, it's going to be dark." And his parents, played by Paul Dano and Michelle Williams, are trying to convince him that no, don't. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. His dad tries to convince him by telling him all about the scientific way that films works and how it's 24 frames per second. And because the image lasts on your eyes for a 15th of a second, it makes it look like it's moving and that you tricks your brain and everything like that. And his mom is just going to be like, it's going to be an adventure. It's going to be a dream. It's going to be wonderful. And from there, you set up like this whole thing between him, this, this balance between science and art and science and dreams. And the kid goes in there. He sees this film. He's called Sammy, Sammy Fableman. He sees, the, he sees um, they're watching The Greatest Show on Earth. And there's a scene in The Greatest Show on Earth where there's a train crash. 
and he's just transfixed by this thing. Like he goes home and he's thinking about it. His dad buys him a toy train set and he keeps trying to recreate the scene from the film with the train set and crashing it into things. And his dad is like, oh my God, what's going on with you? And, it, and this film doesn't really have, it doesn't have much propulsion to it. It doesn't have like, oh, this happened and then we're going to do this and we're trying to go and try and get this here. It's just kind of, it's almost kind of like a meandering pass through somebody's life or through this family's life. And at some point, it seems like the main thing about this film is the relationship between the mother and the father. And then it switches to, oh, no, it's about this kid coming of age. And then it switches about, no, no, it's about this kid figuring out what he wants to do with his life. And so there isn't really a... It's almost, I was saying, almost like there isn't really a focus to this no. film. There isn't really a focus to this film. It's kind of like things are happening and you're watching them happen for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So that's a basic premise of the film. I don't think you really need to know much more, more than no. that. Um, Sean, what did you think? Okay, yeah. I mean, this to me, I agree with you. It sort of it preambled a bit. There, there was good moments in it, but there was also moments where they, they weren't bad moments, but it was, you know, you was thinking, oh, I think what it is, is this film from the trailer and all that, you expect there to be a lot more about about movies and stuff you know and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about and there are there are those bits in it but not as much as you think it's more about his personal life and when he goes to to high school and you know so the yep. people he gets yep. a bit bullied and this you've got he so experiences the racism because yeah he's a Jew. that's it because there's a fable it's quite interesting fableman really fable telling a story but um, oh yeah, and, <laughs> you know I, I did not pick that up. No, I was, try, was trying to figure out why the heck he called the family the Fablemans, yeah, the Spielbergs. It's like a, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, but so I have to say Seth Rogen in it. That's a part I haven't really seen him play for for something like that. I was quite impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I was looking at going. I was like, actually, Seth Rogen's really good at. He's really good at playing uh, he's, straight he's people. Really, he's really good at letting you know. Like I remember him as Steve Jobs as well. Yeah, he's kind of like he's really good at letting you know. Well, like in a very short while, this is what's going on in the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, so there was, uh, you, you know, it would have been nice to have a little bit more about the movies. But the, the, as I say, the scenes with the movies bits in. And I did like the bit you were saying where he come, comes out of the cinema. And it's actually in the trailer where he goes, what was your favourite bit? And he's just got that look, you know, as a yeah, young that, yeah, child. That, that, was like, wow. Yeah, that, that, was, that, and, that look on his face. of like, and, and I've seen that. It's just changed. I remember when I went to see the recent Jurassic World film. Yeah. And there was there was a I don't know, young lad, probably about seven with his parents. Yeah. And he I could just see he was like, Whoa. And you could understand. <laughs> so I was like, Yeah, he just he's just gonna for me the film wasn't that that good, but actually seeing his reaction was like Yeah. yeah. And um I quite liked the the you know the the different cameras and stuff. I thought that was quite interesting. And um, yes, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. progression, yeah, all the, the different the progression goes, as it goes along. Uh, yeah, from, from the home camera to something that's a bit more expensive. Yeah, 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 to yeah. Something yeah, that's yeah. a bit more professional. Yeah, yeah. The progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, of how he how he gets more and more into the film stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And um, yeah, there was and I mean, well, for me, the end, the end to or the end scene, the end, the ending of the film was just like wow. I mean, that to me, that's like yeah. wow. That's 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 I, I, the that's the greatest thing ever. That was that was. I, I think I think probably was, probably the the penultimate scene before the, the penultimate the great, scene. Yeah, the penultimate yeah. scene is one of the greatest scenes in the film. Definitely. And the final the final shot of the film. Yeah. The final shot of the film. It, it, it's. I, I really like it. The final yes. shot of the film is, is pretty much a gag. 
it's, it it's is, a gag, yes, and it's and it's almost it's almost like Spielberg laughing at himself. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's just this little <laughs> thing that happens right at the very end. Right, yeah, right at the very end. Very end. And it just and it just kind of like oh okay, and I it just made me the final scene made me feel oh, I was like okay, cool. This is warm. Yeah. This is good. This is yeah. good. I mean, he. Uh, uh, for what he's done in his life, I'll, I'll allow him being, some might say a little bit indulgent. Self-indulgent, yeah. Yeah, a, a little yeah. bit indulgent and going, this is my life, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, but I'll say film, uh, Sorry, mm-hmm. Sorry, just to ask a question. As a film about sort of someone looking back at their childhood and what inspired them, could you do like a compare and contrast with something like Belfast that Kenneth Branagh did using, because he uses like his childhood and the films he saw as influence mm. How these were like pops of color in that film, weren't they? When he went to the cinema, yeah. Um, could you sort of do use it as like a compare and contrast? Okay, this is what was similar, and this was what was yeah. different, and how they think, were inspired by their own childhoods, weren't they? Really, in both. Yeah, films. I, I think it's it's very similar. It's very similar to Belfast in that the it's obviously about the director's childhood, the writer and the director's childhood, but it isn't really it, it. They like for instance, the character doesn't have the name. This is Sammy Fableman. I mean, I think in Belfast it was Buddy instead of his name wasn't Kenneth, and um, and the the what I would say is I think that Belfast had a better structure and Belfast mm. had more of a more more of a push to it because Belfast had the whole thing about the trouble starting that framed everything and do we stay or do we go? So there was a very definite. It was kind of like there was a moment in time. That, he, that Kenneth Branagh used to frame Belfast and tell the story of how his family lived through that moment in time. This is sprawling. I mean, it starts off when Sammy Fableman is like, what, five years old? Yeah. And it ends when he's like 20-something and he's going to start working in the film in the film business. Mm. The family starts off in New Jersey. Then because of the dad's work, because the dad is is kind of like he's... Computing. Up, computer yeah, like guy, a, isn't he? IBM yeah, he, sort of. Yeah. yeah, he's a pioneer in computers. And it comes up with... He, he pioneers a whole bunch of things that lead to the computers we have now. So he starts off in New Jersey, gets headhunted and goes to uh, to Phoenix, Arizona. And then Phoenix, Arizona ends up in Northern California. So that so the film carries covers a lot of a, a long time period. So it's different. It goes through the different things. I mean, with this, you have the... You have the fact that he has three sisters and like the three sisters are kind of they're a bit kind of like background and you get to see and there's a bit of the film like that is really about his parents it's about his parents and as sean was saying not so much about the movies it's about the parents and it's about how i think there is this theme of how the balance between science and art informed him and pushed him forward and how you can see both things in there i think there's a lot more there is there's a lot of affection for both parents but mm. I would say there's more affection so much for the mother, mm. uh, more more for the mother and and because uh, there's and a Michelle moment. Williams, yeah. Williams has been nominated for best actress at the Oscars. Yeah, so yeah, sure, carry on. Sure. Yeah, no, no, I think there is, and I mean the whole dynamics between the you know the that and the um you know the other character in the film the by who did who did I say was really good Seth Rogen oh, the Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen yeah, character. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's sort of and it's all about group dynamics in it, and so you've got the odd scenes where. It's like the whole family's there, the mothers-in-laws yeah. and yeah. what have you, and it's all like, you know, you know, it's proper, it's proper. You get the, you know, very sort of, um, you know, proper Jewish families with them all, and and I quite like that actually because they they are quite funny. I don't mean that in a horrible way, but they they can. It's quite, no, no, no. You know, you know I, where I, they like. I, I think they are wrong, you know? What are you this... talking about? You know, hey, what are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like what your wife doesn't like to wash plates. What's that's going? It. On? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> and it, it's yeah. yeah. So there's all these scenes of family life and Judd Hirsch 
who I believe has been nominated for the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. But he has oh. done that kind of scene. You know, like how um, Judy Dench won an Oscar for, for Shakespeare in Love, and she's in it for like eight minutes. And she just essentially shows up, rules the screen for eight minutes, and then leaves, and you never see her again in the film. And Judd Hirsch does a very similar thing, similar as, thing yeah. Yeah, as Sammy Fableman's um, uncle. Who just turns up randomly, doesn't turns he? Turns up randomly, has a brilliant speech about art and why you do art and what and what goes in. It's like, ah, oh, me and you were the same, me and you were the same. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, yeah, it's gonna rip you apart, it's gonna tear your heart apart, but you can't, you just have to do it and all that. And it's kind of, and the, so it's almost like a thesis of what the film's all about. But I have to say, personally, there were some bits of this film that I found quite, um, quite moving because, mm. I found quite, just because, uh, when uh, his dad is like a scientist person and his dad keeps referring to his filmmaking stuff as a hobby and saying, why is this a hobby? When are you going to get a real job? You've got to go out there and blah, blah, blah. And that, that is almost verbatim discussions that I have had with my own dad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's almost, almost word for word discussions I've had with my own dad. And I was like, oh, maybe I could have been the Nigerian Spielberg. Mm, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I should just have carried <laughs> yeah. on. The difference is that the difference is that with him, he he just carried on, and I stopped. Mm. <laughs> I think um I think the parents they 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 think about you for the your best interests. They've got your yes. best interests at heart. But I I seriously think that you know you've got to follow your heart rather than your you know what your parents say. So many people do follow what their parents say and don't don't achieve their dreams. You know, and it's only it's not Man, that they Sean Sean I I, I feel so I feel so. What's the word? It's not shamed, but I feel like you're talking about me. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people. Trust me, a lot of people. It's, um, and it's not until you get older that you realise, why did they, you know, because you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to find well, your own yeah, path yeah, in yeah. life. And I think that's what he does. I think it, there's like a little bit of a transition with, with um, uh, Sammy, isn't it? Is it Sammy? Yeah, Sammy. Like, yeah, yeah, Sammy. yeah, there's like a little bit of a transition where he suddenly realised, and I think probably at high school when things happen, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and he edits that film, you know, about yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the beach film, and, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and then he suddenly realised he becomes his own person, and he thinks, you know what, you know, my own person, yeah. I found my own way, and I know what to do. So there was a bit of a transition there. But I still say the penultimate scene and the last scene were just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, and I think I think this is this is this is particularly uh, is it? I feel like it isn't a spoiler because it's something I've heard Steven Spielberg talk about before that happened to him. But it's, it's, it's all yeah, it's all okay, so. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah okay, uh, okay. You know, like when he when he okay, first okay. Says, I've got someone. Because I've heard Steven Spielberg tell this story, and we're, we're trying to be, we're trying to avoid spoilers. I've heard Steven Spielberg tell this story before. And so when they say, oh, I've got somebody that you should meet, because this is when he starts, mm. he finds his way into like Hollywood and he, he ends up at a studio. And he's like, I've got somebody who you should meet. I was like, I know exactly who this is. I know yeah. exactly who this is. And, I was, and so he, let's just say Steven Spielberg meets a director, or oh, sorry, Sammy Fjellberg meets a director whose films he's loved like all the way he meets a director who he sort of idolized he meets this director and he's like and um um you sort and, of know from as soon as when you when you you know when you see the the, the actual room with the, the secretary's well, yeah, yeah, room well, with well, all well, the for, paraphernalia around yeah but yeah. things I, I knew before then because yeah I, yeah I, yeah I, no no i know what you I'm, mean but it just yeah, sort of uh, gives it away yeah yeah you know, like, he gives it away oh before God. he actually shows up yeah. and for me the main thing was who are they going to get to play this guy? Because this director is one of those larger-than-life Hollywood 
characters who has got loads of stories written about him, loads of things about what he used to get up to when he was on film sets. And um, and so I was like, who are they going to get to play him? And, and in my head, I was like, he, they have to get another director to play him. And I was going to try to figure out who they were, who, which director they were going to get. And I was like, no, it can't be him, can't be him, can't be him. And the choice of who plays him, I think is genius. It is. <laughs> and and from, from the bits I've seen, it is, I mean, it's, it's off pat. It's off pat. And um, more for the fact that because of that last scene today on my coffee break, I was actually on YouTube looking at, people talking about it you know and you add yeah, yeah, yeah. and loads of actors talking about this director you know so i won't i'll let's try and think of one that's not the obvious one so lee marvin i watched the thing on lee marvin talking about this director yeah yeah and um i won't say the other one who's will be so obvious but yeah sorry yeah, we're just no, 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 yeah. okay so i don't okay now we're gonna stop because it's just too vague it's too vague but so now it comes down to the star rating we've talked about this film for too long how mm. many stars would you give it sean um, well, I, I, I'd give it, as I say, I didn't think it was was really, really tight. I think it was a bit over and all that. But, you know, as I say, the bit the bits in it that I did enjoy. So I just, this would be a solid three star for me. But mm. I, I think a three star for me, this one. Yeah, I think I would just about tip over into a four. You would. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I, understand I, why. Yeah, I, I would just about tip over into a four. But it isn't. I, I, I agree with you because there's a lot of it. There's a lot of bits of this one where you're like, Okay, what am I watching? Why am I watching this? Okay, it's filmed well, but I'm not really getting. For me, I wasn't really getting the emotion. I no, wasn't really no, getting that. That's right. I was just kind of like, it just, it just felt like a chronicle, and I was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, a bit like reading a history book. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there were like two bits in it where I got got a little bit emotional, but yeah, apart from that, I found it. I don't know. It's yeah. It's just. It's just. Uh, yeah. But it's a solid three stars. Don't get me wrong. It's not like. You know, so yeah, yeah, no, I think I can totally see that a, a solid mm. three star, and we just about sneaks into a four. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, and a, 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 a lot of this, I think, a lot of my four is about the final shot. The final it's shot. True. Do you know? Do you know, Tozy, <laughs> talking about that now, I think maybe, may, may, maybe I could just for that one until the fi- until the penultimate scene and the final shot of the film. I was thinking three stars. Once that final shot, came, I was like, okay, it's a four. Uh, all right, cool. And now uh, we go over to Netflix and Friends. Uh, um, Netflix and Friends, and we're going to talk about the pale blue eye. Chris, pale blue eye. Yes. This is what's his name again? Christian Bale. Christian, Christian Bale, Bale. Who I playing, love. Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale hanging out with Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, that's it. So, so what happens is he's like a, um, he plays a character who's like a, a an investigator. He's a bit of an alcoholic, like he does in all his films. You know, he, he plays the part. And there's this murder at a military academy where a cadet has been like hung, and um. So they, they want to find out who the killer is and, and all this. And uh, so there is an autopsy and they find out that the heart's missing. The heart's missing. And um, also there's the, one, one of the cadets, Edgar Allan Poe, whether, whether he was a cadet, I don't know. But anyway, he happens to turn up and he's intrigued by this thing and they, they find all these clues. And oh, he says, oh, I'm interested. I know on the inside. So it's a little bit of a whodunit because there's the next body that goes, it's um, the heart and the, the genitals are missing. So it's like, and so you get, yeah. So you, you get this, all this sort of going through and um, it's basically a, a, a whodunit, you know what I mean? It's basically, a, oh, who could it be? You know, there's a, and there's a few red herrings in it and there's a few, you know, it could narrow down to maybe four or five people that possibly come. There's some, some like uh, ritual stuff in there, some sex. So it's all very, and I think with, with it, with Poe being involved, it's sort of, 
lends to some of the stories that you've told, like 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 the heart, you know, is obviously the telltale heart, you know, and there's like a ritual with like the mask of the red death. And so there's there's like Poe Poe sort of helps him out, if you see what I mean. So so yeah, Poe's yeah. giving Poe's, him all the Poe's clues. Like so, his apprentice. So, so so that's basically basically the film. You've got these characters, you've got uh, a scene where, where Poe's sort of infatuated with this the daughter of the doctor that does the autopsies and and they got a brother who's a bit strange and so you've got all these different characters who who um and that's basically it. So it's a detective story with Edgar Allan Poe, references to obviously some of his stories I would say that you actually see in this. Um and right, without so, giving you any yeah, without giving me any real spoilers, that's uh it's a, oh, it's yeah, a who, yeah, that, who done that, it. It's, it's a who done it. Okay, that, <laughs> obviously. Oh, yeah, fine. Uh, so I've got a couple of points and mm-hmm. maybe some questions. So this Agda Allan Poe is played by somebody who you may not recognize, but he played Vernon Dursley in the Harry Potter films. So he played Harry Potter's cousin. And there's a guy called Harry Melling. And ever since he, he's escaped Harry Potter world, this guy seems to be hell-bent on doing things that are just... Like you just, I think he's actually a very, very good actor. But I just yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I knew, Melling. I knew I'd seen him somewhere, but not like in the Harry Potter film. So I, I, I haven't really, I haven't really, I, I wouldn't have really. I just thought, yeah, I recognise him. I okay, recognise so, him. Sean, I can tell you where you saw him, but Holly, Holly, Holly has a Dudley Dursley, not Vernon Dursley. The other Sorry, one. what did you say? It's it's Dudley, not Vernon Dursley. D- who's Vernon? That's Vernon's the uncle. Dudley's the cousin. You see, no, I, I, I thought Dudley, but I thought no, you wouldn't call a character Dudley Dursley. You <laughs> would if you went for really, really bad names in books. Okay, 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 cool. So, okay, Dudley, okay, so Dudley Dursley. And, um, Sean, you have seen him in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ah, yes. He was yes. he was the guy who was carried around from place to place who would tell, like, no poetry. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but so, uh, so, yeah. You may was... have seen me in such films. As... <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Harry Melling. You may remember me <laughs> from such things as the old guard. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so, and also, this is directed by Scott Cooper, who also directed Christian Bale in a film that I know Sharon, Sean, and I love called Hostiles. Hostiles. Yes. Oh, terrific. Good yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah, great film. So, so, when I hear this, my whole thing is in my head, I cannot help but try and compare this and say, do they manage to create some magic with this film like they do with Hostiles? Uh, I'm, I'm not majorly, majorly big on whodunits. I mean, you know, I've got to be honest. I think it's, I think I mentioned this before. I'm not like a whodunit person. And it didn't quite have, no, it, it didn't have the magic of Hostiles. Um, and I was a little bit disappointed with Christian Bale, to be honest, f- oh. from, a, from a personal opinion. Um, and so it didn't really... I should imagine that someone who's into the clues and the, you know, who it might possibly be would probably enjoy this film, you know, but for me personally, it was like, Oh, you know, okay. So, you know, I, someone's, someone's been murdered. Someone's been, sorry, sorry, Holly, did you want to start? I, I, I started it and I got bored and gave up. Did you? Yeah. 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 No, I can understand why. I mean, I, I sort of had to follow it through. Because yeah, no, but, but, but I'm thinking that seen as seen as we established last week that Holly is the person who will watch anything twice, and that, that which includes the Witcher God Origin, which my brother could not believe when he got in touch with us last week. He was like, "What the hell are you doing watching that thing twice?" The fact that Holly gave up on this and got bored makes does not bode well. 
<laughs> Happened no. more frequently recently than previously. So I've I've abandoned more things than I have historically. So I just you know rewatch deeply so, to make myself feel better. So essentially, what we're saying is that this is worse than The Witcher Blood Origin. Sean, how many stars would you give this? Okay, okay. Wow. I don't know whether to be. I don't know whether to be do this personal or whether to be like I think people might enjoy it for the whodunit aspect of it. So, personal, 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 I didn't. I found personal. it tough going. I found it really, really hard going. Um, some interesting moments. Uh, tough. I mean, for me, because I like Edgar Allan Poe, those bits were quite good with the with the murders, how they were, were um, you know, t- with the stories, as I say, you got the Massacre of the Red Death and you got um, the Telltale Heart and all those sort of references in the film. But yeah, on the whole, I would say that I struggled with this. I struggled so... It's not going to do very well, I'm afraid. I'm really disappointed. Poor old Christian Bale. So, so I okay. love Poe as well. So Pardon? I love Poe as well. Yeah, oh God. It, was, it should have ticked every box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, mm. so it, sounds, it sounds a bit like the Van Helsing effect. effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have this I have this theory about the Van Helsing effect. Wait, we're looking at a film where you're saying, this has everything... This has everything, and it should be flying. It should be soaring. It should be. be, yeah, it should be. Yeah. But something's wrong. Yeah. And I think I, 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 like Van Helsing till today. I, I was looking at, I, I was looking at that from going. This has everything that I should love. Why is it not working? Yeah. Well, it was like going to the theater the other week and um, seeing Anne Juliet. Every single component was amazing. The singing, the score, the dancing, everything. Meh. Yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. All right, so, so Sean, <laughs> stars. Give us the stars. Uh, personally, the personally, I didn't enjoy it. I struggled with it. Um, so I'm only going to give this one a two, I'm afraid. Nope, it's, it was a big it's struggle. A, it was a it's, struggle. It's, it's okay. a disappointment. Disappointment. That, that, that tallies with a lot of what I've been hearing about this film. Oh, good. Yeah, it tallies with a lot of what I've been hearing about the film. All right, so um, now we go on to Unwelcome, which Sharon and Sean has, have seen. So Sean and I have done quite a bit of talking, so we're going to yep. let Sharon. Sharon, take it away. Tell us about this. Unwelcome is a mm-hmm. British film. It is. It's, you start off with a young couple who are living in quite a rough area in London. I don't know which part of that, London. And Most of it. And at the beginning of the film... Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know London very well at all. I'm, afraid. I'm a very, I'm real provincial, utterly provincial in my outlook. And so, <laughs> so this couple live in yeah quite a rough area of London, and uh, they've only just found out that they're expecting a baby at the beginning of the film. And the husband goes out to buy a bottle of something to celebrate, and there's this group of youths. Yeah, youth, I know, yeah, aggressive youth who are hanging out outside and they give him a bit of chat as he walks by and um, he goes in the thing, buys his, what he wants and comes out and they give him a bit more chat and he turns on them and said, oh, I didn't just clear off and gives them a bit of chat back and then he goes into his flat, locks the door and he thinks that's all over and then they basically follow him and break in and they're both traumatised and just about a year later well not quite a year later so she's only just pregnant then so when she's about eight months later when she's just about to have the baby um his dotty aunt who lives in rural ireland um you know it's rural ireland because the first woman you meet is called neve and the first man you you meet is called seamus so you know it's when do they say top of the morning by any chance (laughs) not in this bit but you get the feeling that Somewhere in the background, someone's going to be like, oh, dee, 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 dee
<laughs> it's one of them. Oh, look so at the leprechaun. In, yeah, they're in proper Ireland. Um, that sort of like witchy Ireland, that, you know, misty shrouded woods and mm. don't, don't, things don't... that are a bit other. And so Chat. they inherit this house. I was just going to say, and don't forget the uh, obligatory car shops. Oh, they're driving. Yeah, they've got loads, a yellow car. With loads of like... Them, loads of... <laughs> you see them <laughs> driving a lot of distances. Yeah, about Christie Road. Been roads. a lot of that lately. Been green. a lot of that lately in movies. A lot of green fields. <laughs> anyway, so they have this quite isolated house that's on the edge of a wood. And at the bottom of the garden, there's like this sort of little tiny door. And they, the, the lady who's been caretaking after the house, Neve, says, you know... Um, I don't want to sound really weird, but every day you need to put out a blood offering for the red caps. That I can't pronounce the, the the Irish word for it, but basically they're the red caps. They're the little people the who little live people. in the woods, mm-hmm. and um, you have to give this sort of like ablation. You have to give them like this appeasement that you give them a blood offering, and then they'll leave you alone. But if you don't do that, you know, um, unpleasant things could happen. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We promise, we promise. That's fine, but we don't want you because we've had this horrible experience where we've you know, not felt safe in our own home we want to be we want to feel safe in our own home so we don't want you coming to do this we will leave us alone trust us we'll do it and so it's and then you know immediately what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> don't feed them after midnight don't let so them get wet and they've got some work that feed them the before house. midnight <laughs> <laughs> so then the story progresses they're moving into the house and they need desperately need some work doing and they ring all around the local area, like the local builders, and they can't get anyone to do the job. And then they've come across this sort of family who are like going, yeah, yeah, we're available. We'll come and do your do the work. Mm-hmm. And you have um, Cole Meany, whose name is Daddy. He's just called, you know, Daddy, basically. Like, Call me Daddy. And he's <laughs> got one son played by Hodor. Um, Liam, oh, yeah. He's called Liam. And then he's got a sort of a younger son called Killian. And a daughter who's just ghastly. Uh, what's her name? They're all pretty ghastly, really. <laughs> Ashlyn or, or something Ashley, like that. Ashlyn. Ashlyn. And they're basically like the, the, the most ghastly, awful people you'd ever yeah. want anywhere near your house. I would come have in, them. eat their biscuits, yeah. break windows, break things, use the toilet and don't flush it and say inappropriate things. They're just like leery and leery and ick. And so basically, all these things combine into this hideous ordeal where things suddenly come to a head where um uh, the, the, don't forget something she... happens in mm. the woods and she meets one of the red caps who uh, uh, and weird... so the red the red caps because i've seen the poster for this and my first thought when i saw the poster and it's like these red caps looking through a hole in the ceiling at them and yeah and my first thought was oh gremlins someone's they made, like, someone's made an irish gremlins, gremlins. <laughs> We were, I yeah. was reminded very strongly of Critters, Critters. the 1980s yeah. film. Did, yeah, did you mention, Sharon, I probably wasn't listening, that, that she's pregnant? She's pregnant. And the story, the story, you know, there's like a story about what happened to the auntie that the died auntie. As, and, you know, yeah. what happened to, we don't know what happened to, she had a daughter and we don't know what that happened. Went was missing. It, yeah, they, that went missing. Some people suspect that she killed the babe. Some people yeah. suspect that the red caps took the babe. Took the baby, yeah. Um, so, baby. so it's setting it all up for... Remind me of the babe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Babe. Especially with the with the shopping bag. Especially with the shopping bag Excellent. scene. Excellent film, right? <laughs> yeah. So there are yes, and then so things. I don't know how much to to give away, but no. um, you these these red caps um, can be comic, 
but they can be creepy at the same time. Mm, yeah. There's one scene where one of them get, they do speak. They yeah, do they speak do. They like do that. speak. One of them gets hit and goes, "Oh, no hitting, <laughs> boy, naughty boy." <laughs> Yeah, and, just, um, but then ghastly things happen so mm. it is one of those sort of it's it's comic it's creepy it's funny it's a little bit like what the hey <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so okay so uh, i'm because i saw this and i thought okay it's going to be irish they're not, they're not going to have a lot of money to spend on this film so it's going to be a bit more budget they have to be a little bit more inventive yeah. And, and and all that. So, but but with that, it sounds like you kind of enjoyed it. How yeah, uh, how it many stars? Yeah, can, can, can I say a few things? Yeah, yeah, sure. Can I just say a few? Yeah. Can I just say a few things about it? Um, yeah. So this reminded me. I mean, there were some scenes which I think were from another scene. So the first scene, or one of the early scenes with the with the home invasion, was a bit like Death Wish films at the start, as okay, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they're sort of being sieged by those horrible that horrible family that was very very straw dogs i don't know if you've ever seen straw dogs yeah. you guys very very this straw guy dogs. obviously knows his 70s you know, 80s yes, cinema yes he? so um, there are definitely references to loads of things from so, that yeah, those 70s and 80s that's it so i would say this is a cross between and toes exactly right this is a cross between straw dogs and critters yeah definitely that's um that's the two things uh <laughs> so yeah and um but that family were horrible. I would have kicked them out straight away from the first guy. That really annoyed yeah. me, actually, Sharon. To be honest, yeah. I'm like, why are you putting up with that? You silly, silly yeah. girl. Don't, you know? I yeah. mean, I know but that both was of them were, were young. And he yeah. he was like, she's been training to do like Krav Maga and boxing yeah. and fighting and stuff. But oh, he's helpful. not really aggressive. So no. he gets frustrated, but he's not really one of those men who's going to be like, no. come on, they and, and so you see that sort of, when he's pushed and pushed and pushed, he's like, you know, just leave me alone. He yeah, doesn't yeah. want to be like, come on. Um, yeah. Whereas I think I, his I, wife was a bit more fighty. And I think that comes out in the story. Yeah. She's a bit more like, and especially I'm a mama now, yeah. you know, mama bear and all that. Especially at the end. I mean, you see, I even wondered at the end whether it was, uh, I still, from that last scene, I still wondering, I mean, when I think back, it definitely was. They were, they were like the critter things. But I did think, was that all in them, perhaps in her imagination? And she actually did the deeds that were done. But no, I mean, that's looking too deep. So on the whole... I don't think it was yeah. that deep. No, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm just trying to be that way. So stars-wise, yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought no. it was really, really interesting. I thought it was a good go. There were some some interesting things in it. And I've been thinking about it all day. So, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually mind this movie. So no, there were worse ways to spend the evening because yeah, someone time. said, "Did you want to go and see Unwelcome?" I was just like thinking, "Do I?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What, what do you mean that creepy Capricorn thing?" And he was like, "Yeah." It's like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> and it had moments where it was, yeah, it was quite funny. It, it was quite funny. Of those no. um, early. It did remind yeah. me of like those sort of straight to video type films yeah. I used yeah. to watch yeah. by the dozen when I was in my teen years, yeah. and that we used to rent from them, like you know, sort of critters and the howling and these yeah. things that combine sort of horror and comedy. So, uh, so numbers, how many stars? Three stars for me. Three stars. Yeah. It's a three. Yeah, it's for a me three. As well. uh, you see, okay, now, now, Brandon, Man, this is a horror movie, and Sean is particularly hard on horror <laughs> movies. Yeah. And Sean, when a horror movie comes out, I just feel like Sean's going to see a horror movie, and I'm just expecting to come back and hear the, 
Oh my god. Oh toast, toast. Oh you won't believe the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, three stars is actually a yeah. massively high recommendation. Enough yeah. to make me think I might go watch this film even though I have a predisposed yeah. hate of I th- horror. I think it's just a, a bit different and and dare I say it, a bit sort of original in a strange sort of way. Yeah. yeah. You know. Because of... I thought it was gonna go down full on horror really, yeah. and it didn't. It was the way it turned at the end, the, the end it, it surprised me because yeah. I'd seen the trailer and I thought, I know how this is going to go. Mm. I've seen the film from the trailer and I think it still managed to um, surprise me. I, the way yeah. they framed the trailer was not the way the film actually Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is, uh, and I personally, I am really, if you could say this is like an Irish fill in the blank. I, I, I'm actually, if you could, this is like an Irish John Wick. I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> this is like an Irish Star Wars. I wouldn't watch. So it's like I'm I'm always like of a takes so on like an Irish take on something else. Like like there was a film, what was it called? Like Bad Day for the Cut, which is pretty much an Irish take. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I I was like, oh yeah, I quite like that. Okay, cool. And now we go into a final thing, and that is going to be three pines. I'm just so hold- first that I think I could very in- I won't watch it in the cinema because I won't have time, but I will definitely watch that because it sounds very much like my sort of slightly ridiculous old horror film. Oh, welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you never know. It might be on TV already in Amsterdam. Never. (laughs) What I'm saying. On the plane. I will see some trap TV. (laughs) All right, cool. And now we get onto the final thing. Back to Netflix and Friends. Hang on, wait. We gave we gave the uh, welcome three stars, right? Yeah, I'm welcome yes. three stars. Oh, three cool. stars. Okay, yeah, and um, and now to the final thing, which is going to be it's this is Three Pines, starring Alfred Molina on Amazon Prime, Canadian murder mystery drama thingy. Holly, let me know which bit of that was wrong. I think it's probably all broadly speaking correct. <laughs> okay. Um, it's so the. It begins with Alfred Molina as a quite senior police officer in Montreal who responds to a protest outside their offices about the about a missing First Nations young woman uh, yeah. who's um, what was her name is um, is her name is Blue. Uh, Blue Two Rivers and she has been missing for some time and the family say there's no way she's run away she left her 18 month old daughter whom she adored and this is completely out of character and the police have brushed it off and said no no clearly she's run away and alfred Molina's character starts investigating this and it isn't well received because well you know it's dealt with and so he is shipped off to investigate a murder in a little, well, reasonably small village called Three Pines, where, and I've, I've checked the word, and they have a um, a wealthy socialite uh, has been has died suspiciously, and it's a, a woman who's a not terribly appealing character, and off he goes investigating it with one of his key deputies who is also a first nations and uh and a sort of local addition uh who is a rather country bumpkin-esque and the you have on the one side this unfolding of this particular mystery and then you have overarching the disappearance of blue 
and it it's it, it's interesting in very many ways because you've got these relatively silent this is not this feels very like um like you know midsummer in that you really don't want to be living there because lots of people seem to have bad things happen. there's no way this many awful things should happen to this very small group of people but that does make it quite interesting because you have this quite small tight-knit community who know all sorts of things that they are not sharing so it's a you've got the, the sort of the external police who are coming in who are becoming more closely involved with the community across the series and also through all of this both the disappearance of blue herself and specifically looking at that but also the wider issues around uh, the the police and first nations and the huge numbers of young women who disappear where it's never investigated everyone just mm. sort of she's run away and common sense firmly dictates that that's unlikely to be the case and so it weaves in these wider issues including a local a local woman who a first nations woman who is an artist and has this artist's space that she ends up letting them use as a part of as a local sort of local base so they interact with her and the really insightful art that she's producing that's all to do with you know cultural differences and the position as you know as a first nations person in canada and in quebec specifically so you get this uh, say it's the it's the sort of the the slightly classic but i'm not sure it is old-fashioned 10 episode series where you've got individual pieces and a you know a long An overarching story line which i have to say i think works very well i mean the first the first one is a yeah wealthy socialite dying somewhat mysteriously and i think I'm, I'm safe to say that she was somewhat mysteriously electrocuted in very odd circumstances um so it's a uh, so it's a uh, it's got all sorts of yeah thing crimes that happen you know murders all sorts of things much of which also ties back to local history too and long-standing things so it's it's not you know arbitrarily you know some complete random showed up from toronto and just came and murdered someone here because that wouldn't be a very interesting story um so it's quite it's quite thought-provoking in yep. many ways and i i got to the end of it and thought this is yeah it's good murder mysteries i've, I've very much enjoyed the detective bits of it it's you know it's good it's good viewing and it's, it's structured and Alfred Molina is excellent. Unexpected, I have to say, I did not expect to see him in a, as a, you know, Quebecois detective. Yeah. <laughs> it was just never on my list of things I thought next in his career will be. Well, that is, the thing is Alfred Molina is, I think he's actually quite chameleonic because the first thing I thought ever saw him in was a film called the i think it's called the perez no it's not the perez but it's the is the the perez family or something like that but it's the something family and it is a hispanic last name and it's about this group of people who, who are trying to immigrate into america 
and they but they come from they come from uh, I can't remember because I saw this ages ago before I even understood geography and it and they and they all pretend to be a family so I think it's him I think it's Marisa Tomei and then there's because they figure that if they if they're a family they have a better chance of actually coming through they have a better chance of getting into the country and so I thought Alfred Molina was Hispanic and then next thing you know what he sort of is because he is half Spanish, half Italian, and born in the UK. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That you, but I heard like an interview with him, and I was like, "That's that's a British accent. What the heck is going on with this dude? Where is this dude from?" And it was only later on that I found out that he was in, he was in um, Indiana Jones and the right. and the Temple of Doom as I believe an Indian. <laughs> and so, so Alfred Bellini is one of these people who you're like. What what is this guy? So Spider-Man. when he's he was in Spider Man two. Yeah, yeah, he was in Spider Man. Yeah, he was Doc in Spider Man two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, dog, yeah, Doctor Octopus. So yeah, but how many stars would you give three oh, points? and um, IMDb tells me also Boogie Nights. Yeah, he was in Boogie Nights. He was he in Boogie a, Nights. Fan he has enough. a very memorable scene and, in Boogie Nights where, Bert, he's, where, where he's on Bert, coke. <laughs> Bert Reynolds in the back there was really interested in what you were saying. You can see, can't you? That um, can. really focusing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should also have added it has aspects of his personal life running through it as well. His interactions outside it, also members of his team's interactions. So his you know, colleague who is also First Nations, her experiences as um, a native Canadian woman in interacting with her with people around her and what it means with the different sort of circumstances so i so i found it really interesting gripping and it made me think a lot so i'll give it a four um because mostly because it made me think um, all right i i feel slightly i wouldn't say i feel wiser for it i feel i feel like i've, I've considered more things before as a result of it all right cool good stuff sorry i am really trying to really trying to figure out what this name or this film was the it was the Perez family <laughs> it was it was the Perez family that yeah made in like in the night in the nineteen ninety yeah in the 90s yay brain yay early toasting 90s brain working all right cool so that is all that, that is it and now all we have left is to do is to figure out hang on wait, did you give the you didn't give us a number of stars did you yes i gave four and i'm just going four. to add just been glancing through IMDb. He was in one of the episodes of Raw, which we spoke about some time back. So Raw, oh yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah. He has a good. He's he's really good in everything. He had a really good scene in Promising Young Woman. In, he was. He had a really good scene in Promising Young Woman. He, what was he in Raw? I don't remember him in Raw. He was in there. I don't either, but he was there. Okay. Okay. Maybe it was just a voice or something. All right, cool. So all that's left to say is, who do you think has won this week? Uh, I think cinema's pipped it. Oh, cinema. Sean reckon cinema's pipped it. Holly, Sharon, uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, because you you gave um, Fablemans a four. Sean, did you just go into a four with the Fablemans? No, I went. No, I stayed three. You I stayed three. three. I still think cinema's pipped it. Yeah, I think mm. we have a cinema I triumphant. I I okay. think, as, no, I mean, I think the Edgar Allan Poe thing, the pale blue eye. Oh, um, yeah. Sunk, sunk Netflix below <laughs> sunk, the light. Sunk Netflix, yeah. <laughs> below the light. Well, shot below is, the bow, that, yeah. 
when we look at the uh, when we look at the average, there's a 0.25 in it. And <laughs> Sean will be correct. Cinema did pip it. Cinema did pip it by virtue of me giving the Fable Man's a four, just about, and Sean giving the Pablo Eye a two. So, so yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, and now I pr- I promised you, Sean, before I think before we started recording, that we had some feedback. We had some feedback. Yes. And this is where we say, I mean, we love it when people get in touch with us, and we always say we will try and read out everything that people get in touch with us on. So do give us a five star review on whatever things you listen to. But we know at the same time that not everybody can love us, and not <laughs> not everybody can love what it is we do. So on Sean's review on on All Quiet on the Western Front, somebody who is called Mega Twing on YouTube said did the guy even watch the new version half the time he spoke about the stuff that was in the book and the other two earlier movies but not in the completely different new movie from 2022 so was, was, was that about I me I can't entirely agree I, with that no I, I can't I, agree I with that to Sean's review and I don't think he referenced the other films no. or the book only no, in passing I, to say I think that he must have get... and earlier yeah. films I don't think you referenced the content of the other no, two. I don't I think I remember you mentioning it either. No, I can't I remember. I can't entirely. Well, be... I literally, just, I saw, I read that review on mm. the YouTube page, and I thought, I'm going to go and watch this review of Sean's. Yeah. And I can't entirely agree because I don't believe you did reference the earlier films, no. other than to say that there was one and yeah. it had got Oscar nominations the same as this one has. All right, so, so Mega Twingo, you that's you told. We appreciate it. No, we appreciate it. Yeah, we do appreciate um, the feedback. I reckon perhaps he listened to someone else reviewing it and uh, got mistaken. And thank you for your feedback. mistake. Thank you for your feedback, Mega Twingo. Yeah. But as Holly says, you're wrong. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the thing. With all due respect. The, the thing the thing I, I get about. Because obviously, with this YouTube thing, we're trying it out and everything like that. And I'm trying to. I. I there's different people on YouTube for different reasons, and I'm never entirely sure why people are on there. Some people just go on there, and I feel like if they just copy, copy and paste a comment from somewhere and put it in a whole bunch of different places and see if anybody bites. I are think we... I, I noticed that a lot with because I, I, I watched some of the um, some some things about do with the football with like the League Cup and all that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's a lot of baiting on there. There's a lot of all oh, yeah, you, know, you, you can see, and people do take to that. People yeah. do. Do 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 actually trolls. react to something? Yeah, trolls. Yeah, well, not, the not, not the kind, not the types that we like. Not no, the types not the types that we like. I like. Trolls. Well, it's oh, it good. Risk of becoming a little bit political, you just have to look at Twitter and the, there's a certain. Oh, we're, we're not going there. We're not. Like, although there's a group of people who have a very very consistent line that appears on a daily basis, like it or loathe it. There well, is although a okay. Okay, I've just said, I'm not even going to Twitter, although I do have some feedback from Twitter, which is oh. that uh, I, put on, I put on a tweet about Glass Onion because I know, Holly, we, when we spoke about it last week, I was talking about me recognizing something or spotting something in the film as it happened. I'd be like, yay, I'm a detective. And, um, and so I put, I put it on there and I mentioned the fact about that. And the director of the film, Ryan Johnson, likes the tweet. Oh wow, sir. Yeah, so Ryan Johnson likes us. Take that mega twingo. <laughs> Take that mega twingo. Ryan Johnson likes us. We don't care what you think. But <laughs> we have succeeded. I have, by the by, whilst we've been here, realized that um as I never saw it in the cinema, Wakanda Forever is now as of Wakanda Forever is now available on Disney Plus. 
yeah, I think I'm not going to get quite as much sleep tonight as I planned because I've got another call after this and I may have to watch it. <laughs> All right, cool. But I think cool. that is everything. I think that is everything from us. So until next week when we will find what there is in the cinema, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's a goodbye from me. Puss in Boots. Ooh, that, that's apparently uh, good. The, yeah, I, uh, from, the, from the posters and that, I was talking to Sharon as we were coming out of the cinema and I said, I quite like the look of that. And she went, Hmm. It's oh, animated. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, Sharon went, it's animated. Whatever night you're, you're watching that, I'm washing my hair. <laughs> I've already, she said, I've already watched my one animated one this year. I'm with, I'm with you, Sharon. Yes. No, no, but the, this this actually looks, I mean, from what I hear, The Last Wish, Puss and Boots, the last, the last Wish is actually going to be quite good. Mm. But um, so, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have that down on my list. But and, until next week, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And me. And me. We'll see you guys next week. We'll we'll have tales of the Houses of Parliament and Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) But that sounds like an MP's holiday, doesn't it? (laughs) 